Welcome to the Art of Rewilding podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Eden. This podcast aims to wake the innate wild inside of all of us through story medicine and taboo tales of birth, death, rebirth, connection, and reclamation. There is no one right way to rewild, only your way. This is our gentle revolution of the healed feminine. Welcome to this liminal space. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, glorious humans. Welcome to the Art of Rewilding podcast with me, Catherine Eden. On this episode, I want to talk about something that, well, I always want to talk about something that I'm passionate about, don't I? Because I'm passionate about a lot of things. <laughs> um, I want to talk about something that I see a lot. Um, and you know I'm passionate about blessings and ceremonies and honouring rites of passage and holding space. But what I notice is that we are so conditioned to believe that whatever we're doing needs to look a certain way or it needs to have some kind of measurable outcomes or it needs to um, show or prove or justify something, right? But when it comes to holding space, it's a very being, feeling, non-aesthetic act of being. It's not something that you can sort of prove or show. It's it's measured by how people feel, um, which is quite difficult for a lot of us to get our head around. Um, and so what I'm noticing, which is not surprising really, given our mass disconnection from our needs and from each other and from ourselves, um, is a huge importance placed much more on how blessings and rituals and ceremonies look, particularly for the sake of, say, social media or um, business marketing, advertising, justifications of, you know, look what I can do, um, over and above the actual art of holding space and over, you know, really putting the importance of what it takes to hold space as the most important thing. So I want to talk about the pressure of aesthetics when it comes to blessings, ceremonies, circles, and rituals, especially in this modern time of influencers and Instagram and visuals and things being worthy and valid only if they're shared far and wide and only if they look pretty and if they're um, in accordance with what's deemed acceptable and, and worthy to be shown. And interestingly, also trends in this very raw and organic and incredibly innate and ancient way of just being 
and turning it into something that's a bit more commercialized. And I mean, I've been um, accused of, you know, ruining the sacredness of these sacred ceremonies because I teach it and charge for that teaching. Um, so, you know, there's there's light and dark in everything, you know, and we have to take what works for us and leave what doesn't so long as we are not spiritually bypassing. But I suppose this is why I'm not shaming anyone and I'm not trying to say that there's anything wrong with it and sometimes I do it myself. I just want to bring it to our attention and have a discussion about it and I suppose just acknowledge that this is something that I'm noticing and more importantly what I'm noticing is there's a paralysis and a pressure being felt to look a certain way, which is potentially stopping people from doing the work. And that's certainly something that I would hate to see because we need this work so badly. So don't get me wrong. I'm a Libran. I love a tidy and symmetrical grid. My house might be a mess, but you know, my Instagram grid, someone did message me and was like, you sound like you're being a hypocrite talking about these aesthetic things when your grid looks so beautiful and tidy. Um, I do love aesthetics as much as the next person. I love beautiful photos. I love to be surrounded by beauty. The beauty way um, does certainly support the whole process. You know, it is part of the process because it can help to raise that oxytocin when it comes to blessings and ceremonies. But it is just that it's an additional support to that which is most important. The aesthetics of a blessing or ceremony are not actually that important. They're not the, they're certainly not the most important. They're just kind of a, like a cherry on top. Shocking, I know, especially when a lot of us use Pinterest to kind of gauge ideas But I think there is some danger in that as well because what's happening and what has always happened, which is something that I really feel strongly about talking about, is that when we go off of just the beautiful things that we see and trying to emulate these beautiful things, what we can then do is is dilute the intention of what we're actually doing and we're just emulating the intention of someone else who we don't actually know what their intention was. And it may not be what we are wanting to infuse into our ceremonies. But more sort of negative and dangerous to that is that we have um, a long history in sort of the spiritual field of people seeing beautiful things and completely ripping it off and appropriating, which is very disrespectful. And because a lot of people are disconnected from their own lineage and their own ancestry and their own cultural practices, they're looking to Pinterest and Instagram for inspiration on how to create ritual and ceremony. Um, And instead of leaning into their own ancestry or their own lineage, perhaps they don't even know their own lineage or ancestry, um, they're looking at these beautiful things and just trying to emulate it without any substance to it, without any knowledge, without any understanding, without any sort of teaching. And I think that 
it it shows a lack of cultural competency it shows spiritual bypassing it shows disrespect um and it also shows that someone is not comfortable honoring their own intuitive ritual practices which you know again is not surprising given the culture that we live in and that this is a way to find that to experiment but we need to be really really aware and careful and culturally competent and seeking out more information and wisdom so that we don't do more harm than good so that we don't um disrespect or appropriate or use our privilege to just cherry pick what we think is pretty and that also leans into the idea of um sort of potentially fetishizing marginalized communities who were who were punished and and completely removed from their own cultural practices and then you know colonized privileged communities start using it because it looks pretty is really disrespectful so yes while I do understand that we go onto Pinterest to perhaps find inspiration to bring ceremony and ritual back we do have to be discerning and tread carefully and really be conscious about ethical and respectful practice. That's, I think that's the most important thing because it will completely dilute and, um, and negatively impact the beautiful intention that you're setting if you're bringing that energy into the space. And of course, we don't always know what we don't know, but when we do know, we do better. And just on that note as well, I was asked the other day why I thought um, what my view was on why certain ceremonies have become burst into popularity lately, particularly, um, I mean, blessings have become more popular, circles have become more popular, which I think is great because we've as Jane Hardwick Collins says, we've been sitting in circle longer than we haven't and we are innately yearning for that. We are innately moving back towards what feels good, what we need because truth is found in nature and we are nature and truth therefore is found in our physiology and our um innate ways of being and so if we turn to our physiology our physiology wants to sit in circle because we co-regulate and all of us are feeling so stressed and our nervous systems are way 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 out of control heightened and burnt out and um so coming together and co-regulating together makes complete and perfect sense it's the exactly what our bodies need um more than anything else and to feel supported and to uh, raise oxytocin and good hormones um but what's happening is that because we're being innately drawn to bring ceremony and circle back um 
I mean, it was it was never gone. It's just that a lot of people stopped doing it and it was shamed and it was put into the shadows. Now that it's being brought back out into the light, people are grasping for it. They're just um, really needing it. And so this is, I digress again, this is why there's, there is no such thing as competition because there's always space and room for everyone and for everyone to... Um, offer what they have in their own way for the people that seek exactly what they're offering, the more circles, the better, really. And where um, Jean Shinola Boland says, when the millionth circle is held, we will be able to um, bring back balance and um, I can't remember the exact quote, but essentially smash the patriarchy, but she doesn't say it quite like that. <laughs> bring the patri- you know, bring the patriarchy down. So the millionth circle, we need to have more and more and more circles, the more circles, the better. So people are people are yearning for for this work and for sacredness, and it's it's not even something that's just advertised, it's something just it's physiological. That's where it comes from. It comes from our innate nature, um, from our, from our physiological being and our connection with the earth and with each other. Um, but they don't really know where to find it and they're not really sure where to look. So we're going to places like Instagram and Pinterest and seeing these beautiful things that look, that just take our breath away. I mean, the first time I saw, a closing ceremony more in the traditional sense. It took my breath away. I was like, wow, like n- that looks amazing. You know, how could it not look amazing? Um, but then people don't have that cultural competency to fully understand that just doing that with no knowledge around what that practice is or how to hold space or what it means to hold space or what kind of work and grounding needs to be done to be able to fully hold space ethically and respectfully and without doing more harm, you know, and without hijacking that space, um, it, it can certainly cause more, more damage and can definitely, well, and is moving into cultural appropriation, which is something Something that I see is really, it's really unnecessary, cultural appropriation, like appropriating another culture is really unnecessary because when it comes to ritual and ceremony, there's no right or wrong way of doing it. And so you can let your intuition lead and you can connect with your own ancestry to guide you. And if you don't know your ancestry, then it's about, you know, using your intuition and having some idea of perhaps where your ancestry is from, what your lineage is and or where you're, you know, the land that you're on and connect with the cycles and the seasons and create rituals and ceremonies that set intentions that aren't trying to be something that's not within your culture that you don't have permission to to practice, that you've just seen and and taken without knowing the depths and this is this is the bigger thing around ritual and ceremony and circle work is that people see the beauty of it and they sit in circle and they see how lovely it is and they feel the oxytocin hit and man it's the best but they many 
overlook all of the work that's not seen, all of the energy that's not seen, all of the preparation, what it takes, what it feels like to fully hold space for a group of other people in a liminal space or for, for one person who's processing a lot or who's going through a transformation or who's, um, yeah, just integrating a lot of things. There's a lot that goes unseen. And this is where I think there's a lot of misconceptions around what it means to hold circle and to to be a space holder and to... Um, I mean, it's the most wonderful, powerful soul calling. I mean, you are called to this work. It's not something, it's, it's something that finds you and, and um, doesn't stop calling you until you answer. But there are certainly misconceptions about what it takes to do that work and what it costs to do that work as well. Um, and I call it work and it is, it's, I don't love the word work but I'm using it now to illustrate what I mean. Um, Such sacred service is really what it is, but it certainly takes a lot. It takes a lot of energy and resources and there's a lot that goes unseen. And I think that we need to go a little bit deeper and just have these discussions so that we can do better when we know better and to see these beautiful things going on is amazing, but then go a little bit deeper. Let's go a little bit deeper into what it took to do that and, and what it feels like to see these common sort of fashionable trends going around, what that means for the actual intention that we're trying to set. And does that align with the actual intention that we are setting? And if there is pressure, if there's a feeling of pressure and resistance or paralysis around not doing the work and not showing up in that space because you don't feel like you have the right tools or, you know, whatever, bell tents and crystal grids or, you know, flower mandalas, you know, is that serving the greater purpose? Is that serving the greater intention is that being of service in the way that we're being called to be of service? And that's really the question that I want to pose with this episode and this discussion. So in this aesthetic-dominated, social-media-driven world, I believe that aesthetic pressure is overshadowing and potentially blocking the actual power and, and medicine of circle and at worst causing or reinforcing significant harm. I get questions from a lot of nervous blessing and circle facilitators, um, especially now that I'm um, teaching this work or guiding this work, mentoring this work, wondering how on earth they can pull off a ceremony or ritual when they don't own a bell tan or an on-trend boho picnic set. You know what I'm talking about. You've seen it. I know you have. They wonder how they can create elaborate grazing tables for their clients, which actually I think is a whole separate role, potentially best for outsourcing because, you know, holding space is a massive energy, um, you know, it's, it's a massive amount of work and 
Um, I have been there where I have catered. I've done all the catering and all the setting up. Well, Erin and I have done it together, two of us, for a whole retreat. And it's a lot. It's too much. It's too much. But that's another story. Or how to ask all of their participants to wear white because it will look prettiest in the photos because these are the parts of modern ritual that we're sold as being the most important. Surprise, surprise. I mean, that's the world we currently live in, right? But they're far from it, far from it. Instagram has a lot to answer for when it comes to selling aesthetic over sacredness. Even I have to catch myself on this sometimes, wondering how I can create something that will be Instagram worthy enough. Otherwise, my clients might be disappointed and maybe potential clients opting for the prettiest looking circles only to come away disappointed at having felt completely unsafe because the facilitators actually didn't know the fundamentals of how to hold safe space. There's absolutely no one right way to, you know, facilitate a circle or a ceremony. You do you and you create something that fits for your client's needs. But, and this is a but, maybe it should be an and, but I think it's a but. If what you are wanting to create is a sacred circle to honour someone or hold space for a group of people, but you are feeling pressured for your circles or blessings to look a certain way, feeling like you just couldn't possibly pull off a ritual that looks Instagram worthy enough, or you're focusing all of your energy and investing all of your profits into stuff for aesthetic sake, you are absolutely focusing on the wrong bits. I know a lot of people who focus so much on buying the stuff before they really have a grasp on what it really means to hold space. And like, that's huge. And if you hold space, you know what I mean. Like it sound, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it really is a lot. And so if you're focusing purely on the stuff, you're missing the most important thing. And the formula for evoking circle medicine is about creating a safe and sacred space where participants come to drop into themselves, to feel witness, to feel heard and held, a place where they feel a sense of belonging and oneness, where there's no pressure to be anyone other than who they are, fully present in that space, where they become their own guru and find the answers inside of themselves because we all have the answers that we seek right inside of ourselves. This is the only way that healing and connection, which is the really the main intention, can occur regardless of what anyone is wearing or how many flowers are laid in the central mandala. The circle medicine formula is about acknowledging our deep nature, our connection with nature, our physiology and our need to co-regulate and our need to feel brave and safe and vulnerable, to be seen, to be witnessed, to be held, to witness others in their vulnerability so that we can better witness ourselves. That's the most important thing. And that's great if your central altar is on trend and looks pretty on Instagram. Great. But if the people in your circle don't feel safe to feel 
able to be vulnerable and to lean into their discomfort and their resistance and to move their emotions because they're worried that they're going to be photographed or filmed or because their dress doesn't look proper, you know, the right shade of white, then it's missing the point. And also I'm noticing a lot more ceremonies and, um, baby showers starting to take on the, this sort of aesthetic that would look perhaps like a blessing but isn't a blessing um, and the intention is very different and that's not to say that blessings are better or not better than a baby shower I think they both serve a purpose and a place but we get caught up in you know well that must be a blessing because it you know has this specific look but the intentions are so, so different. And so it's about really understanding what your intention is and what what the purpose is and what you're trying to get out of it. And if it's to if it really is to evoke the medicine of circle, which is about that brave, vulnerable space to be held and witnessed and um hold and witness others and see yourself by seeing others and moving through the sisterhood and witch wounds which have divided us and made us fear one another and made us, you know, lack trust from one another when really what we need most is one another. You know, if if that's your main intention, then like I said, the aesthetics are well and truly just a pure cherry on top. And it's, you know, if it's about getting photos to prove that you can do this work, Anyone can mock a, a circle and a ceremony. Anyone can stage it. Anyone can get someone else to stage it and make it look pretty. Doesn't mean that you necessarily, or that not necessarily you, but anyone has the skills to actually do that, um, to, to help facilitate and hold space for that powerful um, transformation, really, for that process, for that liminal space. Um, aesthetics don't tell the whole story. And I think that's what we're getting. That's what we're missing. And that's, isn't that like the essence of our whole culture is like, you can sell anything to anyone and we never know where the truth is. The truth lies in how we feel. The truth lies in how you feel when you come away and whether you have felt that oxytocin or whether you felt unsafe, um, physically, emotionally, spiritually. If you or your clients love beautiful aesthetics, you should definitely feel free to be as creative as you like. But just know that when you see these beautiful photos on Instagram that, or Pinterest that perhaps look like what you've been conditioned to think is a blessing or a circle, um, it may not be that at all. It's about how they make you feel far more than how they look. You can create a circle and evoke powerful circle medicine from literally nothing external because connection comes from within and holding space is about embodying the key elements of circle medicine facilitation, safe, sacred, brave and empty space. This comes from within and only if you are focused on surrendering to become a sacred and neutral vessel, grounded and strong in your center, but flexible to shift 
at the uncertainty of what might arise to support others to bring forth their own powerful medicine. Less can definitely be more. For so long, we've held baby showers and kitchen teas as our main gatherings to honour a rite of passage. But more often than not, these are focused on babies, games, presents, not connection, not honouring the pivotal and transformative rite of passage that's about to take place. These can be beautiful too, but the intention is so different than that of evoking the circle medicine. And often evoking the circle medicine is is that vulnerability and that being able to acknowledge all of the feelings of the whole self, not just the joy and the excitement and the anticipation, but also the grief, the grief of letting go of the maiden and moving into the mother and the the grief and cracking open of this moving into matrescence and um, just so many emotions like fear and anxiety and maybe sadness and maybe who knows, who knows what could be arising, but it can be such a roller coaster of emotions, but we only allow and accept and acknowledge some as being worthy and valid. And the idea of evoking circle medicine is about allowing all of that and bringing it all forward and to be heard and witnessed and acknowledging that when someone else feels it, I don't feel so alone because I feel it too and I feel it and you feel it and we're all together in it. And when we're together in it, we're stronger together and we feel safer and we feel supported and we can get through anything if we've got each other and knowing that we feel safe in that space. So if your intention is that of circle medicine and true deep connection and healing, then it's imperative to focus less on the aesthetic and more on what it truly means to embody the art of holding space with empty presence on how to protect your energy and the sacred energy of the circle, on how to cultivate and maintain a safe and brave space so that your participants actually leave feeling filled, connected and transformed. As facilitators, it's our absolute duty of care to support the complexity and often uncomfortability of these spaces by doing our best to be trauma-informed and intend first and foremost to do no harm, that when we know better, we do better. If all you have to work with is a picnic table and a few forage bits of nature, maybe even a candle if you're lucky, know that you don't need anything else to hold space for powerful transformative circle medicine. You and your innate wisdom to connect lovingly and powerfully with the energy of the space and those within it. And therefore their ability to feel safe and brave is all that's needed. The power and strength of your circles and blessings are not in any way, shape or form determined by your aesthetic often the opposite. It's not determined by your Instagram slash Pinterest worthy pictures. And I have more to say on this, but I will put it in a separate episode. So with infinite love and gratitude, I will see you next time. Hey, glorious human. Thanks for listening. 
If you enjoyed this episode of the Art of Rewilding podcast, I'd love it if you could leave a review and share with others who might enjoy. You can connect further with me via my Instagram, Catherine Eden underscore rewilding. And if you are a space holder or are interested in holding sacred space, such as circles, blessings, ceremonies, or rites of passage, such as menarch, birth, death and everything in between, you can check out my work at www.catherineden.com. See you next episode.